listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Coming up, reporting season kicks off with a solid result from James Hardy and how are businesses feeling at the moment? It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 8th of August, 2023. Later, we'll check in on the business and small business space. But first, to the Australian share market, which rose but only ever so slightly. The S&P ASX 200 up by 0.03%. That's 2.7,311. Of course, it comes as reporting season kicks off. For more, I spoke with Luke McMillan. He is the head of research at Afir Asset Management. We had a, a, a good positive lead in from the US session. You know, the S and P five hundred up uh, up ninety basis points or so. Um, the market's been up today here in Australia, although only slightly positive. Um, the small caps part of the market. It's been a theme throughout the year. Uh, has has struggled again today, and it's actually uh, down in the red. Corporate reporting season really ramps up today. We saw James Hardy, but before we get stuck into that. What do you see as the key themes this reporting season? And are you feeling optimistic or pessimistic? Oh, I'd put a slightly on on the slightly pessimistic, uh, not overly slow, but slightly pessimistic side. Um, I think in terms of themes we're likely to see is is destocking being a theme or or inventories being drawn down um, that were built up over the last year or so. But as companies look out into a slowing economic growth environment, um, running down those inventory levels, uh, I think also cost pressures are likely to be, um, you know, a big focus for investors. You know, freight costs have moved to the background, if you like, and we can talk about that with uh, with James Hardy. But um, the ones that are in the forefront at the moment are, are you know, labour costs, wages costs and, and, and interest costs for companies. And how are they going to impact margins? And then really on the revenue side, um, it's likely to be quite a sort of muted volume growth environment. And really the companies are going to stand out of those that still have some pricing pressure, some pricing um, power, I should say, and be able to pass on price increases. Now, I know you look uh, predominantly at the smaller to mid end of the market, but um, investors responded well, very well today uh, on the share market to James Hardy. Uh, I guess the thing is, though, and, and I guess where you can add some commentary is that it's a barometer for the US, especially given its large exposure there. What do you make of its results? Um, because uh, the response was basically it was able to pass on price rises. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And, you know, it's, uh, it was really kind of a lights out result from, from James Hardy. Um, low double digit beat in terms of its, uh, earnings versus market expectations and also raised its guidance for its second quarter results. There's really, I guess, two key call outs there that I, that I'd note. Um, the, what I touched on before, which is that actually freight costs, which what had been a headwind for them previously, uh, now actually turning into a tailwind as they, they normalize. And really a key part of the business that, that really drove the result for, for James Hardy um, was around volume growth um, in their North American business for um, single family home construction um, that was really a lot better than the market had expected. Um, a little bit of concern still around their repair and remodeling business, um, but that new, uh, new construction business um, going particularly well in, in North America. Big one coming out tomorrow is the Commonwealth Bank. What's expected and why is this one important? Well, you know, it really sets the tone for for the whole banking sector in terms of first cab off the rank, you know, um, largest bank, um, bellwether for the market. Um, really interesting at the moment in terms of it's being known as having that dominant position in terms of retail banking, but actually it's business credit growth. Uh, at the moment is actually growing faster than than its retail book. Um, so that'll be one to keep an eye on. We also saw some softer net interest margin for the bank in its third quarter. So all eyes will be on 
that interest margin result for for its fourth quarter at the moment, and also what's happening in terms of mortgage competition. That has died down a little bit more recently, but we actually don't expect the benefits of that to flow through um, to the bottom line until we get into more into the next financial year. So we'll be looking to see what what the callouts there from management are for FY24. Very quickly, Maya shares took a really big hit despite a profit upgrade there. Do we know why? Yeah, I mean, it, it was basically um, the top line that they announced in terms of revenue result actually looked pretty good versus market expectations. It was really the bottom line um, that got the market a little bit concerned, which was below expectations and saw the company sell off, which was there was some costs there, um, you know, around um, store reconfiguration um, for the business and just cost headwinds in general that the market was a little bit concerned by. Um, and so we'll, we'll see when we get more details from the full result uh, out from Maya soon. Uh, let's talk interest rates. Um, NAB today said that business conditions have stayed robust. It was interesting you made that point about de-stocking um, in terms of what you're expecting uh, in terms of themes with uh, corporate reporting season because there was a bit of commentary on there. Uh, Westpac's consumer sentiment index remained at near record low levels. So while business conditions are high or doing or above long-term averages, the consumer isn't. Um, the consumer there is it still expecting rate rises, according to Westpac, even though many economists and some of the market is now predicting we may be at a peak in rates. What are you thinking? Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, if you go by market pricing, market pricing is basically saying we're done. There's a there's a small chance of of one further hike from here that's kind of priced into markets. Um, you know, on the consumer side, as you mentioned, uh, you know, confidence is is down at very very low levels. We're right in sort of the meaty part, if you like, of that. Uh, that mortgage cliff as they're being reset from those uh, low fixed rates to variable rates ahead. And I have no doubt that that's, you know, factoring into um, what's going on at a household level. And also we've seen a little bit of a pickup more recently in terms of fuel and energy prices as well, which is no doubt just adding to the pain uh, for the consumer. And quickly wrapping up, we know interest rates are still high, inflation still at 6%. It'll take a while to come back down. Where do you see the opportunities for investors? Well, we're in this really tricky situation at the moment where, you know, if you look at the uh, major advanced economies, Australia, US, Europe, UK, they've all got, if you look at kind of the economic consensus, somewhere around that 50-60% recession probability in in the next 12 months. So we do have this kind of um, big bogeyman that's sitting there in the background that's, you know, will we or won't we have a soft landing? And so I think for us, it's looking at those businesses where, if they're able to have um, resilient top line growth in, in a slowing economic growth environment, and if also if they're able to, to maintain margins in an environment where they're generally being squeezed because of, as I said before, those higher labor and higher interest costs, then you know, you're going to stand out amongst the crowd. So anyone that has that resilient top line growth and are able to maintain or expand margins is, I think, really going to find favor in the market at the moment. So they're the types of businesses we're on the hunt for. Luke McMillan there from Afir Asset Management. From the share market to the small business and business environment where the NAB business surveys show that businesses are quite resilient despite the rising cost of living and higher interest rates. With trading conditions, employment, forward orders and profitability steady, but cost pressures are remaining, namely energy and wages. For more, Raina Bosch spoke with Luke Aftestrad. He's the CEO of Cosboa. Yeah, look, it's a bit of a double-edged sword at the moment for small business. Certainly in terms of revenue, we're seeing some industries get back to pre-pandemic levels, which is really encouraging. But on the other side of that coin, we're seeing rising costs. So it's very hard for a small business to carve out a profit. 
uh, even with relatively strong revenue when those costs have been increasing even exponentially in some sectors. So insurance costs, rental costs, energy costs, and of course, labor costs and interest rate rises as well with 12 consecutive rate rises. So it's a pretty tough time for small businesses at the moment, just in terms of that operating environment. But certainly there is a bit of positive sentiment, as you mentioned, in terms of that revenue um, and that growth looking forward. So a bit of a mixed bag, certainly a little bit to be positive about, but it's a time for cautious optimism at the moment. And what are the main issues that businesses are facing with respect to the labour force? Look, the labour shortages we're seeing are pretty severe, acutely severe across many industries, particularly hospitality food services. You know, those really labour intensive sectors that rely on, you know, skilled labour, semi-skilled labour to really, you know, do business. So that cost of doing business is greatly impacted by the cost of of labour as well. And those labour shortages are really bad for productivity. They're bad for growth. You've got a lot of small businesses who might be wanting to capitalise on those growth opportunities you mentioned, but if they don't have the confidence they can find and train workers in a timely way, uh, then that can really lead to you know, a reduction in confidence and a reduction in growth. So look, some of the shortages we're seeing in hospitality, job vacancies are almost 200% higher than they were pre-pandemic. So that's a two or three times increase uh, in those job vacancies. You know, when unemployment hit 3.5% in the June quarter, It shocked many economists, but I can tell you this, it did not surprise any small business operator who's been crying out for workers. So job vacancies, you know, 100%, 200% higher uh, than pre-pandemic levels. That's a really big problem. We're encouraged that the government is trying to address this issue, you know, the creation of Jobs and Skills Australia, the creation of various Jobs and Skills councils to really bring industry closer to the planning table for our VET and higher education and training systems. Equally, skilled migration is a big factor here too. We need to reduce and remove the backlog of skilled workers who have applied to come into Australia, and we need to really streamline that system and make sure we've got targeted skilled migration to fill a lot of those gaps we're seeing, whether it's chefs, cooks, um, you know, software managers and a variety of other occupations. We're starting to see those July 1 wage increases filter through. What impact are they having? Look, absolutely. From 1 July, there's been an increase in costs in terms of, you know, the Fair Work Commission increased the minimum rate um, by almost 5% or 5.75% and the award rate by 5.75% as well. So that feeds through into over 100 different industry awards and various classifications. And look, many employers, including small businesses, already pay above the award rate. But the ratcheting up of that minimum award rate has flow on effects to all existing staff on existing agreements who have effectively seen that baseline reset. So that's going to have an increase on labour cost expectations across the board. And that inevitably needs to feed through into higher prices, higher menu prices for a cafe whose overall costs might be 40% comprised of labour costs. A 5.75% increase simply needs to be passed on and that's reflected in prices. So look, we did warn against the risk of a wages prices spiral. And it's really no surprise to see, you know, the big banks and the forecasters seeing that flowing through into what they're um, seeing in the economy as well at the moment. More broadly, you did mention in your report that businesses are expecting a pullback. We've had new household spending data released by the ABS today that supports that. How bad are you expecting this to get and what can businesses do to prepare? 
Look, one of the things from the Square report that we put out today is that there's really strong data points around small business resilience. So, you know, these are certainly hard economic times, you know, the 12 um, increases in interest rates in a row, that has a really big impact. You're seeing a lot of households who might have at the beginning or throughout COVID have had somewhat of a savings buffer. You know, that pool of money is potentially evaporated now. So there's certainly a bit of uncertainty ahead, higher mortgage costs, a lot of households pulling back on their discretionary spend. So what we're really hoping to see and what we're wanting to see is small businesses continuing to adapt, to innovate, potentially bring on digital technology to make themselves more efficient. You know, this isn't their first rodeo. Small businesses have gotten through COVID. They've been through many downturns before, economic shocks. What they're really good at doing is understanding their customer, finding ways to delight their customer, support their clientele, be that locally and regional community. So looking for that innovation that small businesses are known for um, to really back themselves to get through. Um, A lot of small businesses aren't profitable at the moment. 43% of them aren't profitable. That's quite a staggering statistic, but they're really looking to dig deep to find new ways of delighting their customers. So some of the innovation we're seeing, you know, restaurants moving to online delivery, you know, cafes repurposing a part of their space for live music appearances and things of that nature. So trying different options and really calling on their customers to stick close with them over the next three to six months. Finally, Luke, you've got your ear to the ground. What are you hearing in terms of what businesses are expecting moving forward and where their confidence is sitting at the moment? Look, I think that's a bit of a mixed story. I do think small businesses, if they've survived this long throughout COVID and this sort of second wave of increased costs, if they've gotten this far, I think they will potentially be backing themselves to get through that next three to six months. But I will say what they are relying on is the government to keep them front and centre. That's what COSBO is all about, is reminding government that every lever they have, cost relief, deregulation, improving productivity. There needs to be a small business lens applied to every policy conversation in the next three to six months to really make sure that no small business is left behind. You're seeing you know, significant businesses potentially handing back their ABNs, potentially ceasing trading if these costs continue to increase. But there is that opportunity for them to persevere and to get through the next three to six months. So I think continuing to stick close to their clients, uh, talking to their suppliers, talking to their bank, making sure that ecosystem around them is supportive um, and making sure that government does not forget that small business voice. Uh, I think if we can get those policy settings right and we can have a really bumper Christmas and lead up to Christmas, then I think there'll be a, a pretty strong pathway ahead for a lot of the small businesses, over 2 million of them in Australia, to get through the next three to six months. That's Rayana Bosch there speaking with Luke Akterstrad from the Council of Small Business of Australia. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music